Now, when it speaks about the name, it means his character. It means his perfection. And our shorter catechism answers it very well. When the question is asked, what is God? The question is given this way. God is infinite, eternal, and unchangeable in his being. And then there are six attributes that are listed. Wisdom, power, holiness, justice, goodness, and truth. Welcome to Let the Bible Speak. This is Ian Golliher, and it's always a privilege to welcome you to our program. I trust that today the Lord's Word will be as an arrow to your own heart. We'll be speaking on Proverbs 18, on the Lord as our strong tower, a place of refuge and safety. And we will be learning just how unsafe this world is. There's not a moment of the, any day that we are not threatened by a multitude of dangers. And so we need a Savior. We need the grace of the Lord to save our souls. In our program today, we will have the hymn, A Mighty Fortress is Our God. And of course, that's the security that the Christian finds. We'll deal also with Genesis chapter 4, and that story of Cain and Abel, worship by blood, and we'll look at that as our study notes. Thank you for joining with us today. Stay tuned as we move now to our pulpit ministry to Proverbs chapter 18. The proverb we're going to look at is in this 18th chapter and verse 10. Verse 10, the name of the Lord is a strong tower the righteous runneth into it, and it is safe. Safety in this world is a very difficult and sometimes remote thing. The death threat or a murder attempt upon the British Prime Minister Theresa May uh, was greatly uh, a great threat and fearful and one that might have just destroyed the stability of the British government at this very uh, difficult time. And we pray that God will keep uh, our leaders safe from such threats. In the face of these things, the security business is booming. There are all kinds of security uh, businesses that are springing up, and they offer certain levels of protection to people who need this, whether it's business, private, or government levels. Now, the rights of self-defense are also growing in interest, and some uh, cannot find safety. It wouldn't matter how many bodyguards they had. wouldn't matter how many security systems they had. They can hardly sleep safely in the same bed. Some have to 
go to transition houses and keep moving. If they sleep in the same place, their life is in danger. We live in a world where there really is no safeguard from death. And when you think about it, more people die from natural causes than they do from deliberate attacks. And it was David, when he was hunted and hunted by King Saul, who said, there is but a step between me and death. That means that every one of us is looking for that ultimate place of safety. Here in this text, we are told about the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The name of the Lord. That leads me tonight to speak to you about the attributes of our Lord Jesus. Now, when it speaks about the name, it means his character, it means his perfection. And our shorter catechism answers it very well. When the question is asked, what is God? The question is given this way. God is infinite, eternal, and unchangeable in his being. And then there are six attributes that are listed. Wisdom, power, holiness, justice, goodness, and truth. Now, it's a little bit dangerous when a preacher takes six things for headings, but that's what we're going to try tonight, to look at these different characteristics or attributes of the Lord Jesus and see how they work to our safety. The Bible uses this language quite a lot about the Lord being a strong tower. And of course, in various Psalms, it refers to the Lord is our refuge and our strength, and uh, various terms and ideas are used to convey how the Lord protects his people. Now, I hope that you will run into this tower, uh, this tower which is the name of the Lord. And this is the metaphor. This is the picture that this proverb sets before us tonight. We're looking at our Savior, and we are thinking of him as a tower for refuge. And so in the issues of life, the fears of life, the struggles of life, the fears and the cares that come upon us, we can run to the Lord. I want you to notice that in the verse 10. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous runneth into it. Now, that speaks of quick action, no hesitation. When the storm comes, when the enemy appears, you make immediate course for the one place of safety, which is the Lord. Now, let's go through these six attributes, wisdom, power, holiness, justice, goodness, and truth. The first of them, then, is wisdom. And the picture in this proverb is that the righteous fleeth from making his own safety 
or devising his own protection, he resorts completely in the Lord as our strong tower. And this is the attitude of the believer in the Lord Jesus. We do not trust in our own wisdom, but we trust in the wisdom that is in the Lord. Now, right down history, this has been the mindset of God's people. They did not trust in their own way of thinking, but trusted in the Lord. The first we can think of is Abel. When God called men to worship, Abel ran and obeyed the wisdom of God. And of course, he was accepted. Abraham also learned to follow the wisdom of the Lord. Leaving Ur of the Chaldees made no rational sense. It was his home. It was everything he knew. It was the people that were all around him that cared for him. But when that Lord of glory appeared to Abraham and called him out, he obeyed the wisdom of God and not his own thinking. The same is true of Moses. When he was called to follow and obey the Lord and stand before Pharaoh with that rod in his hand, he listened to the wisdom of God. And then Isaiah. Isaiah, who trusted in the blood, who said, Come now, and let us reason together, saith the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. And so we have all of these examples of men and women who followed the path of God's wisdom. And of course, the Lord Jesus himself, he followed the path that led to the cross. And the book of 1 Corinthians 18 tells us that the cross is the wisdom of God, and it is the power of God. The Lord Jesus did not seek to spare himself, but rather he was on that mission which the Father gave him, and the mission was an altogether wise one. And he said often that he must suffer. That was God's plan. That was God's purpose and to him that was wise. Now, one of the pathetic and the sad things of what sin has done to us is that it has made us fools. The book of Proverbs has a lot to talk about fools, those that follow their own ways, those that uh, do not even follow uh, common sense. And sin does that. Sin never makes sense, whether it's breaking one commandment or another, unfaithfulness, infidelity, vices, they are all fraught with folly. But we who are Christians, we follow that wisdom of the Lord. And of course, we also follow the architect of all things. We see the wisdom of God all around us in the world in which we live. Recently, we're just talking about pomegranates. Pomegranates uh, are just packed with little seeds. 
And if you cut them open, you will see how they are so neatly packed and organized, layer upon layer upon layer, and they just burst out of that uh, uh, flesh, and they are, are amazing. And there is the wisdom of God right down to those very little details. Now, if that wisdom is in creation all around us, then we see God's wisdom in redemption. And to enter that plan of infinite wisdom is safe. And if you're a Christian tonight, you have renounced your own thinking, your own wisdom, and you have run to the Savior who has perfected salvation and redemption for you. Now, the second attribute uh, in the name of the Lord is His power. Wisdom, power. And yes, you receive spiritual power from the Lord to live for God when you put your trust in the Lord. You don't get that power until you run into the tower, until you make your refuge in the Lord Jesus. Turn over with me to Second Peter and chapter 1, Second Peter chapter 1, verses 3 and 4. Second Peter chapter 1, 3 and 4. According as his divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness. Now, you might feel weak. You might feel defeated. You might feel that you have no, no ability to go on. But here is the grace of the Lord to his people. According as his divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness. There's nothing left out. There's no blank spot. And every situation, every need is covered through the knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and to virtue, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these ye might be partakers of the divine nature. And so when you run as to the Lord, as to this tower of refuge, you find and experience power, spiritual power, grace, and strength is to be found. And of course, we are made partakers of the divine nature. That means that there is His life dwelling, living, working within our hearts. And it's life that cannot be kept down. It's like a fire that keeps resurfacing and rekindling. It will not be put out because you're a partaker of the divine nature. This is the Spirit of Christ. It is the work of the Holy Spirit within. And when we run to the Lord, we discover that we are given this power. The righteous run to this tower. We make it our delight and our joy to go to the Lord. 
But if you're not living in the presence of the Lord, if you're not running to the tower, if you're outside and trying to find your own way of safety and your own way of strength, then you will not be given the power that is promised right here. And I fear that there are many professing Christians that do not run to the tower in times of need. You might say to me tonight, well, preacher, how would you make that assessment? Because there are many Christians that are not praying, and not praying as they should. They just work their way and struggle their way through life. They are not men and women of prayer. The righteous runneth into the tower, makes full use of the grace and the help that is to be found in that tower. And of course, the Bible tells us we have not because we ask not. And in our need and in our weakness, we must go to the Lord and plead with Him. That's why we pray. That's why as a church we gather to pray that we may call on the Lord to be our strong tower. And that becomes the survival of the church and the survival of God's people in the midst of the world. Now, I must keep moving on here. Number three is holiness, wisdom, power, justice, goodness, and truth. And the Lord says, be ye holy, for I am holy. Now, see how each person who would ever enter heaven must attain perfect holiness. Every one of us must have a perfect righteousness, and you must have a record of personal purity that is equal to God Himself. Now, our proverb aptly points out that there is nowhere else to go to find a righteousness that will meet the standard of God's holiness. God tells us to produce holiness, but the wonderful thing, the good news of the gospel is that He provides it in His Son and in the whole scheme of the gospel. And He gave His Son as the righteous worker to provide that perfect righteousness for us. Uh, and you're familiar, I'm sure, with Isaiah's claim that all our righteousnesses are as unclean rags, filthy, unsuitable. Where are you going to go to have this clean, holy righteousness before God? There is a tower, a person whom God has given us, and we must run to Him. No excuses, no self-justification. We must run directly into the tower who is the Lord Himself. And, of course, we have the cleansing power of His precious blood that cleanses us and washes us 
from all iniquity and from all sin. And so you need that righteousness to be holy in the sight of God. Run to Him. Don't hesitate even for a moment.
Thank you so much for joining with us here on Let the Bible Speak today, and I hope that this message has been a blessing to your own heart. If you are troubled in soul, if you have prayer requests, if you are burdened for salvation and to know more, please feel free to give me a call or send me an email. I'll be delighted to help you in any way I can. I want to tell you now just about our Bible study notes. We're looking here at Genesis chapter 4, and each week I put out these notes on a chapter in the book of Genesis. And these are available on our website at ltbs.ca, and they are for our adult Sunday school class. They are for personal Bible study, for group study. They're all archived. They're all there for you to look at. So Genesis chapter 4 is the chapter. And it says in verse 9, The Lord said unto Cain, Where is Abel thy brother? And he said, I know not. Am I my brother's keeper? And he said, What hast thou done? The voice of thy brother's blood crieth unto thee from the ground. The application of this is that to live in a fallen world where sin abounds, and Satan is active, we must expect the promotion of many forms of evil. Evil comes from the heart of man who is fallen and depraved in all his faculties. We cannot plead that man will make the right choices if given the right conditions and the right opportunities. When sin is in the hearts of men and women, they will always choose evil if left to themselves. The doctrine of total depravity finds strong support from the earliest figures of human history. The fall of man was not a slow devolution, but a sudden plunge into spiritual warfare against God right from within man's heart. And while we're speaking here on the state and the condition of man's heart, this we are really speaking about ourselves. Your heart, my heart, by nature is desperately wicked. Who can know it? And we need a Savior to give us new hearts, hearts that are right to seek God. If you read the Westminster Confession of Faith, chapter 9, on free will, there you will learn more on the doctrine of man's total depravity. Note how it sets forth the difference in the state of man's will prior to the fall, in Adam's state of innocence, and the time after the fall. It states that man hath wholly lost all ability of will to any spiritual good, being altogether averse from that good and dead in sin, is not able by his own strength to convert himself or to prepare himself thereunto. That's the reality of where men are at. And that's why we need a Savior. Thank you for joining with us here in the program. May the Lord minister to your heart and bless you. Stay tuned now for these closing announcements. This is Pastor Ian Golliher. Call me, please, at 604-897-2040. For all the details of our broadcasts across Canada, go to ltbs. This broadcast comes to you today from the Free Presbyterian Church in Cloverdale. 
located at 18790 58th Avenue, Surrey, at the corner of 188th Street and 58th Avenue. Our website is cloverdealfpc.ca and there you can find gospel articles, links to our sermons, a gospel booklet called A New Beginning and a link to watch our services online. You're warmly invited to attend any of our Sunday services at 10.30 a.m. and 6 p.m. to meet with us as we worship God and to hear the preaching of His precious Word. We also meet for Bible study and prayer every Wednesday evening at 7.30 p.m. Our Sunday School for Children and Adult Bible Class meet every Lord's Day at 9.30 a.m. from September to June. You can contact us at 604-567-1091. Alternatively, you can email me at pastor.cloverdealfpc at gmail.com. Again, for all this information, please visit our website at cloverdealfpc.ca. Our burden is that you will hear and understand the gospel that will bring you to know the Lord Jesus Christ and his great salvation. This is Pastor Andrew Fitton. Thank you for listening today. And be sure to listen Monday to Friday at 5 a.m. and 5 p.m. and on Sundays at 9.30 a.m. for our one-hour church service as we worship the Lord through the ministry of His Word. Music